Let's go to the sermon now. It's uh, straight into it and we'll go back to Exodus chapter 32. And this will be the last one from Exodus 32. I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying what we find in the Old Testament as parallels to what we do and how we live in the, in the New Testament. They were people, we're people. And there's principles that are found there. And Exodus 32 has been full of those as we've looked at three, I think this is maybe the third week. We're just taking the thought from 31 to 33 that John read earlier. <clears throat> and as Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin. That's already what God had said to him. And, and God was angry and Moses said, Why are you so upset with this people? <laughs> In the earlier part of the chapter. And so... <clears throat> He said they've sinned a great, a great sin. That was being repeated in this chapter at least twice and maybe three times and have made them gods of gold. God does not want us to go down that pathway. <laughs> Once we become Christians, he is to be Lord of our life. He is to be the one whom we commit all to, as Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us. Yet now, if thou would forgive their sins, and if not... Blot me, I pray thee, out of the book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. And there's some good verses in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33, that has to do with that. But <clears throat> would you say what Moses said? <laughs> uh, he knew what he was saying. He knew that if he was blotted out the book of life, book of life the book that God had written that would mean the end of him as far as seeing God for eternity and being punished in that place and it's amazing that he he was so committed to the Lord he said take my name out leave their name in and uh, he was willing to do that but as God said he that has sinned against me and that's the thought that's in the book of Ezekiel you know if the father sins and does not get right before he dies then he dies in his sin and he will pay for his sin. If the son dies, as in his sin, he will also be punished. But if he turns and, and, and comes back to God, then he will be included, as it were, in the book. But there's another man that also spoke along these lines, and it's Paul. He didn't mention a book, but he alludes to a book in Romans chapter 9, verses 1 to 3. Paul said this, about himself and the children of Israel, the same people group that Moses spoke about <clears throat> in chapter 9, verse 1 to 3. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for, for I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. And that's the Jewish people, Paul's kinsmen, that I myself were cursed. He, he knew what they were thinking because he was one of those that was adamantly set against Christians. <clears throat> and he knew their thought pattern. Just as Andrew knows over in Israel, the thought pattern of those people, they, they know there is a God, but they won't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ presently. They're in Israel. They know that. 
And they, they, they hate the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, there's a continual heaviness on the hearts of people that minister to the Jewish people because of their stubbornness. Maybe that's why God selected Abraham. He had that streak of stubbornness in his life that he was determined once he set his mind on something, that was it. And um, <clears throat> that's the nation of Israel. <laughs> that's the way they are. The, the occasion of being in a motel in Israel and <clears throat> there's a lass across the, there doing the secretarial work. And <clears throat> Andrew's, of course, started witnessing to her and she said, life is just an, just an illusion. Someone said that to me this week. I don't know who it was. Life is just an illusion. You know, it's, it's not real. Well, let me put your finger down on the block and I'll hit it with a hammer <laughs> and tell me if it's an illusion. <laughs> but to that lady, Andrew's quick-witted reply was, well, if life is an illusion, this hotel's a motel or whatever's an illusion, and we can just go up and stay in an elusive hotel and we don't have to pay anything, that's all an illusion. And she wasn't for that. <laughs> she, she wasn't letting us stay for nothing in the motel, but <clears throat> they are determined people. And Paul said, I wished I myself were accursed, taken out of the book of life. What an offering of themselves. It's like the Lord Jesus giving himself his life for our life. David alludes to it in Psalm 139 and verse 16. <clears throat> Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect or unformed. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned. In other words, when it come time for me to be born, it happened, just like it was written in your book, that I'd be so high, I'd be born in such a country, to such a family, and I'd go to such a school. Everything was written before. It's, that's God in his foreknowledge. He knows that. In thy book, and whether you would believe on him by faith and go to eternal life was written also. That's why the choosing and election, all that in the New Testament, can be understood, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them before it even happened. We've got a great God, an all knowing God. He knows everything that's going to happen and that has happened and yet will happen. That's why the Bible is full of prophetical utterances because God knows and he gave those utterances to man through inspiration. And again David said in Psalm 56 verse 8, Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not, are they not in thy book? The tears and the wanderings that I go through, they're in his book and it's interesting I was reading just through reading and reading through Revelation that's where I'm at and <clears throat> I think it was chapter 8 or 9 where the the incense that was contained was offered by an angel and it was poured out they come up before God and he answered the prayers of the saints the tears are in the bottle the prayers are there preserved a lot of prayers have not been answered even when we leave this life but God hears them all He's got a time and a place to answer those prayers. And all our tears are in thy book. In Malachi, in Malachi 3.16, it reads, Then they that feared the Lord spoke often one with another. And the Lord hearkened and heard, and a book 
of remembrance was written before him for them that had feared the Lord and thought upon his name. Do you fear the Lord and think upon his name? These things are recorded in the book. So we have much about the books that are written about through the book or in the book, the Bible. Let's go on to consider the thoughts from Revelation. Revelation, we turn back there. And chapter 21, was it not? 20. 21. 20. 20. Okay, thank you, John. There it is, right where the bookmark was. <clears throat> Let's pray as we, as we open the word. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the book that we have in our laps. Thank you for the things that are written in it. But thank you also, Lord, about the books that are written in your Bible that contain our works, everything about us. And I pray that everybody here and everybody, everybody listening today would have their name written in the book and remain there. And Lord, speak to hearts today as this is a very serious thing. It's a matter of eternity that we speak of today. And Lord, may the names of all those listening today be sealed in the book. That they are safe in the hands of the Lord Jesus for eternity. Bless these thoughts to us and may they speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. When was your name written in the book? If you've studied it, you probably know the answer to that. There was a story about a preacher who was talking to a person, a young person that wanted to become a Christian. They talked. The person understood, the young person, and they prayed a prayer. And the preacher said after the prayer, your name was just written in the book of life. Is that correct? Or is it incorrect? (laughs) Well, by the finish of the service, I pray that we would understand if it's right, biblically or wrong. Well, right here, let's let's deal with it. By praying a prayer, is our name put in a book? No, a lot of people could have prayed a prayer. It's by faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus that our name is, I better be careful what I say here so I don't contradict myself, is sealed into the book. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. It's a matter of the heart, isn't it? Not a matter of words. We can say words, we can repeat words after a counsellor, but not necessarily mean them in our heart. It's the heart that needs to change. Believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. <clears throat> we may have been praying when we got saved, but it wasn't the prayer that saved us. It was our heart's attitude and how the Lord, by his spirit, had moved in our heart. In Revelation 17, verse 8, <clears throat> it refers there to the names of saints being written in the book of life. <clears throat> Lower the voice. <laughs> book of life from the foundation of the world. All our names are written in the book before the foundation of the world. 
That shows God's love and grace. (laughs) It's interesting. Consider that as we go through this thought. Everybody's name is there. Another reason that that, what that preacher or counsellor said is not true is Revelation 20 and verse 15 states, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, I believe most of you, if not all of you, believe that if a child dies before they're to the age of accountability, what happens? Well, there's one verse in Scripture that tells us, I believe, what happens. David said, when the child to Bathsheba died, he said, I can go and see him, but he cannot come and see me. In other words, David was going to heaven when he died. We know that. And so the baby couldn't come back from life, but David could go and see him one day. And so if we said to a person that just made a profession of faith, now your name's written in the book of life. No, the name was already there because little ones die and go to heaven. They haven't understood the message. They haven't understood that they're sinners and in need of salvation. But they are and will be in heaven. Second Samuel 12, that reference is, and verse 14 to 12. Um, <clears throat> another reason this statement that this man made to this individual is not true is because it gives a false teaching concerning eternal security. Many people believe that you can be lost after being saved. And they use these statements from Revelation 3, 5, Revelation 22, 19, and Revelation in, in these, this portion. And Revelation 3, 5 states, He that overcometh, I will not blot out. That is a race without a trace, his name out of the book of life. And so people say, well, right now, you know, I profess to become a Christian. Now I'm not an overcomer, so you must be blotted me out of the book. Is that true? No, we believe in eternal security. (laughs) And we need to understand what other verses of Scripture say, like 1 John 5, 4 to 5. Let's turn to that one. 1 John 5. Four and five. Because we establish here who an overcomer is. And it says there, For whatever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. And so, to be an overcomer, he that overcometh, I will not blot out of the, his name out of the book of life, is one who has done what? Believed on the Son of God. So, once you have believed on the Son of God, you're sealed in that book of life. Your name was already there, even before the foundation of the world. You see, God is not willing that any should perish. He wants them all to go to heaven. He had them all in the book to start with. It is the case that if a person dies without believing on the Son of God and being an overcomer, you see, we're all overcomers who are Christians. 
It's not super, some super saint that it's talking about as an overcomer. It's a person that's believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And, <clears throat> and your name is sealed in there forever, for eternity. What a blessing to know that. There's many more things we could say that about that, but let's go now to the book of Revelation, <clears throat> where it speaks about the books. This is when the books are opened on the final day. Have, have you done your books yet? If I said that to you, and you're a, a person that does their own business, who, who, have, who have you gone to see? The counter, the bean counter. <laughs> and you've done your books. And people on wages, because they've been paying their tax all year, they're eager to get it done as early as they can because they get a refund, return, or whatever you call it. I've never had one of those. <laughs> it's not that I haven't paid taxes, I just haven't been on the sort of the wage bracket. Actually, I can do mine right, right as late as February the next year if the accountant writes a little nice little letter i talked to the tax department this year i said look i'm not with the business i've earned very little money way under the tax threshold um you know can you let me off the hook they did last year <laughs> but this year i think they'll do it because it's not there's nothing to count <laughs> in in that no no the church thing is a separate issue as far as being a pastor <clears throat> but they can get the books done it's, it's the end of the year. It's, you know, doing the books. And for 50 years I've been writing out what do you call a spreadsheet for my accountant who was a Christian accountant and I had to write it all in and you had columns that way and right across the big page. And, and he was a man like me. He liked writing it instead of doing the computer. <laughs> and <clears throat> you added them up that way and you added them up that way then you added them up that way and that figure had to match. Or if there was something wrong, you had to go back and add them all up again. <laughs> when God adds up the books both ways, he will be getting all these books out and see whether you're there and what you have done. And there will be an account at the end. Does it balance? And God does make it balance. You see, he knows everything. The things you've forgotten, I've forgotten, that we've done in life, all those things... He has recorded. Well, <clears throat> we have in this portion of Scripture, verse 11, quickly, the sovereign on his throne. I saw a great white throne. God is on his throne, and he that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. This is the final day. This is the day of accounting. This is the day of adding up, <clears throat> balancing the books to see who goes into heaven. And who goes into hell? Well, the decision for those on heaven will already be made. These are those that have no hope. We see not only the picture of the throne, but the person on the throne, the Lord God, in verse 11. Then we see the summons to the throne in verse 12 in the first part. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books, the books, not just one books, plural, were opened. And another book was opened. So that's added to the books. There's at least three books, isn't there? Books, at least two, and a book was opened, which is the book of life. And that's the one we've been talking about, the book of life, in our study till now. And the dead were judged out of those things were written in the books according to their works. <clears throat> now, if you've ever been to court, you get a summons 
do you not? <laughs> Somehow they let you know that you've got to be in court on a certain day. And some people try to skip their court appearance. Bad move. <laughs> Doesn't work. They'll find you. <laughs> so you, you turn up at court and you're fronted with a judge. I've, been, I've only been in the, one of those places once. and That was enough. No, I think it was over. It was one day, once in the morning and once in the afternoon. <clears throat> about an issue with the car. Our car got all smashed up. A fellow had come through a stop sign, ploughed into the side of the car when Jill was taking kids home from Moana, not here but down in Melbourne, rode our car off. But we had to appear in court. And you know he got off the hook because he was, <laughs> he was a scout leader and he said he was going to scouts. So <laughs> pays to join the scouts. <clears throat> I don't know if that was honest or not. And, and I, if he had been judged by the... There was a different judge in the morning to the afternoon. If his issue had come up in the morning, he would have lost his licence and probably not allowed to drive. But in the afternoon, it was a different judge and he made a different decision. And it depended... And, and the one in the afternoon was... I thought he was a bit loose in the top paddock. But anyway, he was a judge because he, he was yelling and screaming... At people that come up before the our, our one came up, and I, you know, at this judgment that we look at here, God is level-headed, <laughs> He's balanced, He's accurate, and uh, <clears throat> very serious—a very serious time as these books are being opened. So they're summoned; they've got to appear before the throne. There's no skipping it. They get their day in court, as it were. And verse 13, in the first part, and the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead that were in them. So everybody that has died will be there. And every, anybody that is living that is brought to there, they're all given immortal bodies, eternal immortal bodies, unsaved people. And they're judged in that body. Can you imagine being there? If you've already been in hell which is called Hades, a holding place like the rich man and Lazarus. Remember the story? He being in hell. In our New, in our New Testament, you've got just the word hell, but there's different words in the Greek. That word is hell or hates. This one is, is a different, different word when they're cast into the lake of fire, Gehenna. But if you, you imagine that all those people that have been in that Local jail, as it were, before the judgment, they're brought with a, with a resurrected body to be judged. They already know the sentence. They've been suffering in a place called Hades all that time. And then they're brought before this judgment and God issues the sentence and then they're cast into Gehenna, a different Greek word, which is the lake of fire. There's also a word that's only used once about hell and, and it's interpreted hell it's Tartarus and it refers to fallen angels that fell even further in Noah's day and they're held there in chains under fire unto the judgment of the great day so there's the three words and in our English you say hell 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 no Hades Gehenna Tartarus and they're different and can you imagine that person knowing what that was like what this is going to be like when the, the judgment is issued but they're all summoned, they're all brought, 
whether they died at sea, whether they died on land, or whether they died an astronaut even. Yep, all gathered to this occasion. The scripts that are used, and as I've used that, and you have heard this before, the scripts, the records or the book, that, and the stats that are used at the throne. What documents are used? Well, the books and the book of life are mentioned here. The Bible will be used. Listen to what it says in John 12 and verse 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. This book will be there. God will say, I told you that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. What did you do with my offer? And many other, many other scriptures could be used. The word will judge him in that day. That's what it says. So the Bible will be there to, to judge those gathered and summoned. The book of deeds will be there because it mentions here the book of works and their works will be judged. So in heaven a record is being maintained of all men and all the things, every deed. Not only every deed, but every sin. Whether it's a thought sin or a done deed. Sins of omissions, that is, you didn't do what you should have done. Sins of commission, the sins you did do that you shouldn't have done. Secret sins, sins of the heart, sins of the mind. Now, folk, if you're a Christian, don't get upset about this because that has all been dealt with at the cross of Calvary. You won't be judged for your sins. Christ took that judgment for us. So I thought it would be good to say that. But this is for an unsaved person, a person that has not believed on the Lord Jesus. The Bible will be your judge. The book of deeds will be your judge. In verse 12 of Revelation 11, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. A man can either choose to stand on his own record and say, I'll stand before God, I'll have my day in court. Or he can come to the Lord Jesus and have his record cleansed. Sins of the past, sins of the future, all forgiven by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What, what an offer. Huh? But you know what? Many that are on the broad road that lead to destruction. Few there be that find the narrow road that leads to life, but it's so simple. And it's all paid for. Faith in Christ. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible <clears throat> to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Is, it hard? is that hard? No. It's believing on something you haven't seen, but know it's true. Believe on the Lord. Hebrews 10.38, Now the just shall live by faith. There's the overcomer, the just that's living by faith. Have you seen heaven? No, we've read about it in his word. Have you seen hell? No, we read about it in his word. 
Have you seen the New Jerusalem? No. We read about, we believe by faith. These things are as good as done. It's real. <clears throat> the just shall live by, have you exercised faith in the Lord Jesus? And in one of the passages in Hebrews, it says the word not being mixed with faith does not profit them. Not quite those words, but it's in Hebrews. There, in 10, 12, somewhere around those chapters. We have to hear the word, but then we have to believe the word by faith. <clears throat> For unto us was the gospel preached, Hebrews 4, 2, as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. There it is, I had it written down. <laughs> not being mixed with faith. It was Hebrews 4, verse 2. God wants to put us no careful God doesn't want to put us into his family he's already got us in his book he wants us to be there in the family but we have to believe by faith so there's the book the Bible the book of life there's the book sorry of deeds and then the book of life the book of life as we started with in introduction contains all those that were ever conceived. Did you get that? (laughs) Ever conceived. It's a wonderful thought because that has big implications. How many millions of children have been aborted by abortion? Millions upon millions. In our country, in the Western world, it's rife by the millions every year. You know where I believe, and I think the Bible says it, they all are. They're all in heaven. (laughs) Yep, praise the Lord. What a gracious God we have. Heaven's going to be full of people. (laughs) You know, it's a murderous act. But in that murderous act, those little ones have gone to heaven. And there's more implications to that too. Because if the Lord comes and takes to heaven all those that are just in his eyes, whose names are in the book of life, do you see the implications of that? I can only draw that conclusion that any... Body, any woman that's pregnant, when the Lord comes, will have that baby taken. And any little ones that are in earth and living will be gone. There'll be no schools needed. It's almost like that now, isn't it? (laughs) That's the implications if you follow that through, that line of thinking. And if you think of the... Majority of people on the planet now, seven and a half billion people, and you start working how, you know, the age of accountability is different for everyone. When you understand, can you remember when you understand, I've done wrong, I have sinned. You know, like David said, I have sinned when he'd sinned, but he was an older man. But you can remember when you remember, wow, I did that, I shouldn't have done that. Conscience kicks in at that age and younger They'll be taken. In God's grace, I believe it to be so. 
terrible thought for people on earth. Wonderful thought for those who believe in the Lord and trust the little ones. Like when we had our children and they were little, you know, what would happen if the Lord come and they left? They left? They left? No. <laughs> Surely they wouldn't be left here to fend for themselves. Little ones. You know, baby in arms. No, I don't think they would be. I think the Lord in his grace would take them. Now, we have, who was it talking to me? Ariel, the other day. You said, you know, ten ladies that are expecting. You're one of them. <laughs> and so, and Mel, and Abway, she's not feeling well today. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, the expectation of a little one. What would the Lord do with a little one if you were taken? Okay, we'll go on from the book of life. It has some wonderful thoughts there. The Lamb's Book of Life. So there's the Bible, the Book of Deeds, the Book of Life, in which everybody's name is written. And <clears throat> when is your name not in the Book of Life? I think we have it right in Revelation, when it is taken out. The Lamb's Book of Life. This is mentioned or inferred in Luke ten twenty, where it reads, Notwithstanding, in this rejoice that the rejoice, sorry, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you. These disciples were doing miracles of healing and things of that nature, which was for the early church. Don't rejoice in that, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And I think that infers the Lamb's Book of Life, but Revelation 21 and verse 27 actually uses the phrase, the Lamb's Book of Life. We read there, And there shall be no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither he that worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Some say this is the same as the Book of Life. Others say, well, it's the Lamb's Book of Life. It's a different one. Either way, you're okay if you're in it. <laughs> With the, lamb, with the book of life, your name needs to be sealed into it by faith before you die, before you die. With the Lamb's book of life, it may be where everybody that does believe, they're sealed in the book of life and their name is recorded in the Lamb's book of life. Where those who have believed on the Lamb and what he has done for them are sealed into that book. <clears throat> and we can think, as we have already mentioned, of the horror of standing in this day of judgment in Revelation at the great white throne judgment where God is judging the people. Being unsaved and all your sins are recounted. I mean, we wouldn't want it done here at the church, would we? Just to stand up and say, I've done this and I've done that. And that's why the confessional in the Catholic Church is absolutely wrong. Why should any ma anyone have to confess to a mere man who is just a sinner like us? Their sins. We have to confess them to God. That priest down on earth cannot forgive sins. Even the high priest, you read about it in the book of Hebrews there. You know, he cannot, and the offering of sacrifices cannot take away sins. There's only one that can take away sins, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, we go to him as our high priest. We confess to him that we're undone and unsaved and need salvation. But imagine being forced to admit all your sins 
the fact that you are a sinner and the sins you have committed. And then the Lord Jesus opens the books and he opens the book of life where your name had been written and shows you the place where it had been written, but now you're dead and standing before the judgment and it's gone. It's not in the book of life because you have died. You see, today is the day of salvation. When you hear and understand and comprehend, seal the name in the book by believing by faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't leave it until this terrible day. And then he opens the Lamb's Book of Life. If they're separate books, your name could have been here, but it is not written here. Remember the roll call at school? They call your name out. Sir, or you had to answer it by sir or something like that. I. <laughs> and uh, if you were trying to wag school, what did you do? Maybe you shouldn't tell me. That's, that's confessing sin. <laughs> you get an and Mrs. Dunn, did you have anyone do that? No. Oh, good. <laughs> Must be an honest look at Holbrook. <laughs> but, you know, and try to put on the voice of the other person so the teacher couldn't detect you were not the one. <laughs> I, it won't be happening in this day, will it? <laughs> On this judgment day, there'll be no one filling in for somebody else. I, <clears throat> but uh, if it's not written in the book of life or the Lamb's book of life, not sealed into the book of life, not written in the book of life, judgment comes. Is this fantasy? Is this true or is it not? Where is the, are these things written? In the Bible. <laughs> Do you trust the Bible? You know, in the court. I don't know if they still do it. You're supposed to what? Put your hand on the Bible and swear on the Bible. <laughs> Remember, Dad had to go to court once. He said, I'm not putting my hand on the Bible and swearing on the Bible because all those crooks have been putting their hand on the Bible and swearing on the Bible, and I'm not going to be one of them. <laughs> and I think the judge saw he was, <laughs> well, yeah, okay, this fellow means it. <laughs> he, he can say what he says. That's when he was trying to take Melbourne water and the, work, the guys up the top to court for bribing so you could get a job with bulldozer. And it was known everywhere. You, it, at the actual men you went to to do it were known amongst the contractors, the bulldozer owners. <clears throat> it's terrible when that sort of thing's happened. And it went to court and they said, thank you, Mr. Jekyll, you, you said your piece and declared all the names. <laughs> Nothing come of it. Nothing. Somebody pulled somebody's strings. You see, we're all earthly people. But on this day, no judges are there. There's only one judge, the Lord God, the Lord Jesus, to whom all judgment has been committed. And so we see the defendants, as they're summoned before the throne, the sovereign on the throne, the summons before the throne, and the books that are thing. That are, that are opened and we see these decisions that are made the documents brought the books and the decision that is made in verse 13 in Revelation chapter 11 there we read and the sea gave up the dead and, they were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead were in it, and they were judged every man according to their works similar 
to what's already been mentioned in verse 12. Standing alone before Almighty God. Nobody but yourself. So many people today, when they are caught out, blame somebody else. You, you listen to the media. You watch the stories. They blame this person. They, well, she made me do it. Well, he made me do it. And, you know, husband, wife, all that. None of that. It's completely honest. No hypocrisy will be allowed at this judgment day. No pretending to be a Christian will be allowed on this day because God sees right through it all. You can't hide. And the sentence given from the throne, we come to that now. So we see the scripts and the stats that are given, the documents, the decision made, and now the sentence given from the throne, verses 14 and 15. And death and hell delivered were cast into the lake of fire, And this is the second death. Remember earlier I said, this is somewhat like if you commit a crime today and and someone rings up the police and the police come round with all their sirens blaring, gives plenty of time for the crook to know, I'm in trouble, let's get out of here. Why don't they just come without their sirens going? Anyway, (laughs) maybe the police are scared who they have to face and scare him away by their sirens. But they come and they, they capture you, they catch you in the act or something, whatever. Yeah, just driven through the shop window to try to get the, 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 the hole in the wall, what do you call it, that bank, <laughs> with all the cash in it. And there you are stuck in the shop and can't get out or dragging it down the road on a chain. Some people do some stupid things, don't they? <laughs> and you think, how did they think they'd get away with it? <laughs> it's like you see your children do things and jam all over his face. I didn't need to jam. <laughs> and it's all over. You're taken and you're locked up in the local jail. Then they set a day to appear before the court. And then the judge makes the judgment and he sentences you. This is very much like this. People held in a local court court called Hades, a holding place for the unsaved. And they're in, I am tormented in this flame. You know, dip the tip of your finger in water to cool my tongue in the Gospel of Luke. But then they'll be taken from that to this judgment and then the judgment is assigned. The sentence is given. A fearful judgment. And the word here is death. Second death. They've died physically, but they're going to die eternally and spiritually. The second death. And in verse 6 of the same chapter, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death. This is where, yes, you've died physically, you're in Hades if you're not a believer. And by the way, in the Old Testament, they were in Hades if they were a believer. But on the, on the other side, where Abraham was, there was a great golf fix. Remember the story? The great golf fix, and you can't cross over. <clears throat> in fact, I think they did that in junior church. And that, that last week, <laughs> they took on about serious stuff there too. And there was a picture that Jill had... <clears throat> And, and there's a rich man in his bed. He's, um, he, <laughs> he's hanging over with his tongue out. And then I watched it on the thing last Sunday afternoon. And I said, what happened to that picture? Oh, I thought it was too scary, said Mrs. Jekyll. <laughs> I didn't put that one up. <laughs> and he's sort of out of his body and taking off. She, but she, she, she gave it another picture that was good enough, probably. <laughs> but 
there that's and they're held in that place and that's the first death then the second death when they're raised given an immortal body and they're at this judgment and then this this death is pronounced upon this is the second death this is the eternal second death unchanging forever i was listening to the radio yesterday i heard someone talking about it i'm not going to tell you what channel it was but it was the seventh day adventists have got a channel dedicated to themselves in albury now and I thought, oh, why can't we do that? Take a lot of work. But um, <clears throat> they said that this death is annihilation. Burned up. What does it say in the Bible? What does it say? Where the worm dieth not. Where the fire is not quenched. Where it is everlasting, eternal fire that goes on not only here but in the Gospels. In the, it, it's, it's, it's forever. It's not just as, you know, oh, okay, well, I'll sin away my life, had a good time down here, eat, drink and be merry, for tomorrow we may die and then I'll get all zapped at the judgment. No, it's not that. And they believe in that apparently. And I thought they did and that confirmed it yesterday. And, and they used the word forever. And they used it in a sense, and I, would, I didn't, but look, I'd like to look up the Hebrew word where it mentions, you will be my son forever. And they said, but he died and he wasn't his son forever. And oh, oh, that's a twisting of the words. And that's not taking all the words of Scripture into account about this, this serious matter. A fearful judgment. And if you don't think it's a serious thing, look at First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians chapter one, and hear what it says here. And it says in verse seven of chapter one, and you to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. It's talking about the occasion we're talking about in Revelation, the judgment. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with what? Everlasting, forever destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. That is serious. It's a fearful thing, Hebrews tells us, to fall into the hands of a living God, God unprepared. Why were they unprepared in this passage? It tells us they obeyed not the gospel. They were not an overcomer. They didn't believe on the Son of God. <clears throat> the horror of hearing God Almighty say, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I never knew you. Can you imagine those awful words being heard? It's a fearful judgment. <clears throat> Nothing so terrible as to know there is no hope. You know, people today with the coronavirus thing happening and locked up and that, you know, a Christian I don't think should have a problem, but... They're committing suicide, swallowing bleach to kill the coronavirus, scared, witless, and doing silly things like that. There's not a lot of reports of it, but it is happening. 
But isn't it more fearful then to die like that and then have to face the judge like this? It's a fearful thing. Imagine Agrippa, Felix, Judas, the rich young ruler who all had opportunities. Herod, he condemned the Lord Jesus. I found found no fault in him, he said. But then he still condemned him. And to have to stand there. And these men, you know, there's no difference between if you're the king of Russia. What's his name? Mr. Putin or Mr. Trump or whoever. You'll all be on level ground on this one. Well, I was the king, you know, of this country. It doesn't matter. Well, I was the beggar. I was the leper. I was the poor man outside the gate. doesn't matter. If you believed or if you didn't believe on the Son of God and become an overcomer, I believe it. These men were mentioned. There, there's no record of them being, becoming a Christian or being saved after that they made their proclamations. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian was Agrippa and Felix, was it? They, I know those things. I've heard them before, they said. And that, they were actually trembling at the thought. Judas... Having heard, seen all the things the Lord Jesus did for twelve, for three and a half years or three years, and then to go and hang himself because he knew he had done, um, <clears throat> committed the crime of having the Lord crucified. Traitor, a traitor, the rich young ruler, who come to the Lord Jesus and said, "All these things you know I've kept from my youth up." One thing thou lackest, said the Lord Jesus, go sell all that thou hast and give it to the poor. This just determined whether he had faith or not. And he was really cut at that one. No, I can't do that. And he went away very sorrowful. What about now, 2,000 years later? Do you think he's still very sorrowful? I think he's very, very sorrowful now. It's It's a fearful thing. It's a final thing. As we mentioned before, how many lawyers, lawyers uh, do we find in Revelation 11? I mean 20, verse 11. No lawyers? What about a solicitor? No, they'll be there too. And it had to be some of the barristers, solicitors and lawyers that have got criminals off the hook on a technicality. You justified that fellow? You got him off for paying for his crimes? And, and you know, they, they're as guilty as the, the criminal. Everything will be brought into justice one day. Aren't we glad about that? (laughs) All the wrong things that have been done by everybody and anybody will be brought to justice. It's a final judgment. No barristers, no attorneys, no solicitors. But no advocates, no payroll in in this one. Well, I'll serve my time and then I'll get off on... No, you won't get out. It's a final judgment. Hell is real. It's not made up. Psalm 9.17 The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. And last of all, it's a foolish... I think I've said that before. That was on the second main point. But this is the final point. There is a, It's a foolish judgment. You say, oh, Pastor, it's in the Word. It's a foolish judgment because it didn't have to happen. It didn't have to happen. Your name was in the book of life. It didn't have to get blotted out of the book of life as it said here and as it said over in Exodus. It didn't have to. 
All you had to do was believe and repent of your sin, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to the few, a few of the verses. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, what does it say? Shall be saved. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For by grace we are saved. He keeps our name there. It's not exited out of the book of life if we believe by faith. John 1, 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that what believe on his name. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And as we mentioned, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, what does it say? Thou shalt be saved. You won't have to stand at this judgment. You won't be judged at this judgment. 1 John three sixteen for by this we perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And in chapter 4 of the same book, 9 and 10, in this was manifest the love of God toward us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him here in his love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Only the fool would say there is no God because the fool has said in his heart there is no God. And the last verse, Ezekiel 18, 31 and 32. Why will you die? For I have no pleasure, said God, in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord. Wherefore turn yourselves and live. Turn and live. <clears throat> is your name in the book? We can all say, because we're still living, yes it is, non-Christian and Christian. Will it remain there? Have you believed? Let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, Lord, that if there are those listening that have not believed, today would be the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not put it off. But today believe and confess, repent and turn and become a Christian. Have their names sealed into the book of life and written in the Lamb's book of life. Wonderful thought. You're a gracious, a loving and a merciful God. Let us go on our way rejoicing who are saved. And let us be fearful if we're not. We ask and pray your blessing and leading in our lives as you draw us to you. In Jesus' name, amen.